0: Greetings and welcome to Everyday America, where you'll hear the American story one person at a time. I'm Gregory King, your host, and my goal is to inform, entertain, and inspire by sharing the stories of everyday Americans with you. In fact, each of you are potential guests. More on that later. Everyday America is offered free to all that would like to listen in, but if you'd like to support me, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com everydayamerica. And special thanks to my music director, Steve Hall, who writes and performs all my music. He's a great studio musician, teaches guitar virtually all across the country, and can be reached at Steve at Outlook.com. Today, we're going to hear another story from what I call the Waterway Interviews. A few years ago, I went on a documentary expedition in a small boat from Norfolk to Boston up the intercoastal waterway. The goal was to search for the American spirit. Each day we'd end up in a new port and each day we'd find someone to interview. The footage from the trip had a short life as a pilot for a TV show that Discovery almost wanted but on which they ultimately passed. But their loss is our gain because I have these interviews we obtained from a very unique cross-section of Americans. Today we're going to hear from Robert Zick Jr. While coming up the Chesapeake we had a fuel stop on Kent Island with the added intent of meeting up with a fan of our expedition that wanted to meet us there and escort us across the bay to Annapolis. As a storm brewed, we weighed the option of waiting, and decided to cross that afternoon, a run of about eight miles, and made Annapolis Harbor just before the storm hit. We had a hotel booked there and decided that would be a more comfortable place to lodge than staying on the boat on Ken Island in the rain. Our escort was Daniel Zick, and after getting settled on the other side of the Chesapeake, we went to dinner with he and his new bride, Catherine. While at dinner, we discussed our need for a local interview, and he set us up with his grandfather, Robert Elber Zick Jr., a local retired pastor and a veteran of World War II. He was in the Army. Elber, as it turns out, was a character with a maniacal laugh, which you will hear. At the time of the interview, he was 88 and I heard just a few years ago that he'd passed away at the age of 95. He'd said during the interview that he'd like to see 100. He almost made it. He was a kind man with some amazing experiences, some of which he hints at here. He gives the credit for his success to others. He talks about faith, about the youth of America, and on what he thinks is important for the future. So here with no apologies is an excerpt from our interview in Maryland june 2011 with robert elber zick jr or rev as he's often called so first i wanted you to tell me about the war i know you were in europe in the army
1: well started out back i graduated from high school in 42 for barber polytechnic which was basically uh a school of technology also for people who are going to maybe go to college and continue uh mechanical drafting and things of that nature. Well, I went to work for copper's company which was a, a Pittsburgh concern. Uh, I was working on uh, uh, tank parts, uh, aircraft parts for them. Uh, for just, uh, it didn't last very long, it lasted about a year. And One day, the boss came in and said, I've got news for you. I said, what's the news? He said, You're 18, you're in good health, you're 1A, and you've got two weeks left with us. So, next thing I knew, uh, I was in the Army. Went, went through basic and through Georgia, uh, Army training school for Army tru- truck mechanic. I didn't drive, I couldn't tell a steer wheel from a wheel, and he put me in mechanic school. So I wound up going through Georgia, coming back up to Staten Island, and then over to Europe. So I was in Europe basically with the what they call the ETO European Theater of Operation, roughly from '43 to December of '45. First of all, when I got to Europe, it was it was uh, we were well ahead of D-Day. Uh, it was a heavy automotive maintenance, nine-limb ordinance. And what uh, about 11.30 each day, I would drop my tools and go down in the Hallstead to the Red Cross, pick up coffee and donuts. The English people were wonderful. Uh, all of them, all of the places, even German people too. Uh, I got along with all of them. D-Day the came. They were lined up under trees with 2,500 pound bombs for 10 miles. The overhead, the sky was so thick with B-57 bombers that you could hardly see the sky. We went ashore in D-Day plus 30 because we had heavy equipment, 12 ton wreckers, machine shops and uh, all kind of trucks and vehicles that were half done and some which weren't even starting. Went through Europe, wound up in Hanover, Germany, Sitting downstairs in the local pub, listening to all of the Germans play the accordions, protecting the Germans from the polls. So in December 45, they were going by numbers. The more the longer you were, the more numbers you got, the faster you got home. So my number came up. I jumped on a boat called the John Sergeant. Guess where it was built? in Sparrows Point, Baltimore, Maryland, and I almost had a heart attack. I said, if this boat pulls into Baltimore, I'm AWOL. I can guarantee it. They're gonna have to court martial me. So I went to Boston, came down, and on Christmas Day, can you picture this? On Christmas Day, at high noon, there was John Wayne style. At high noon, I got my papers. You're out of the army, Mr. Jones.
0: Got home
1: here, I thought, boy, I'm going back to coppers. They said, where have you been? Uh, we used to make dam gates for big concerned different countries. Nobody's got the money to buy them. Well, it was kind of a letdown. But I went around, uh, I gotta I gotta eat That's one thing I have to do and I don't like to eat So I had tools so was a mechanic. I went to this one shop I made five days Guy came back had more seniority That was that what I went to six shops in one year and got bumped off of eat them all of them and uh, I was given some serious thought, either the ministry or what would I be doing in a mechanical field if I stayed there? And, of course, I felt the call to the GI Bill. I may criticize my government, but I thank God for the government every day I'm around. I would not be a minister if I wouldn't have the GI Bill. I was supporting my mother, and she didn't work. And trying to, to get by a living with relatives who were very gracious, uh, the GI bill took me through. The last day of seminary, is when it expired. Boy, was I grateful. Uh, the fifties and sixties, were good years for the church. The GIs were coming home. There was a, the war was over. Uh, Transitions were going on. The churches were packed. It wasn't difficult. Uh, you could be a flunky in the ministry and still fill a church. So we, we got the church moving pretty good. And uh, there was a lot of optimism. This is what we got into the 70s and 80s. Vietnam War put a damper on. Korean War, coming back in boxes. And the people really needed the church because they were trying to cope with stress and death.
0: How are they? Are they the same?
1: The people are basically like they were when I first started out. They overlook mistakes, poor preaching, uh, loafing, or anything else. They're very gracious. Especially this church. They're open to ideas. They're pretty smart people. Uh, People are people. They still die. They still need ministry and counseling and they still need a sense of humor. Humor helps an awful lot in the ministry or anything else. It takes out the rough edge. And permits things to settle down. The same thing goes for weddings. unlike like opera. So at the weddings uh, of the two uh, grandsons, or grandson and granddaughter, the one that I use, I still remember very well. Love is the highest virtue that I can give to you in love and in faithfulness. That's become part of me. Life goes on, whether 50s or 2011. But it's been good. Wife and I do shopping, and uh, like last night, I still about one o'clock in the morning. I said, Betty, you want to sing a duet? Oh, uh, no. Well, how about a solo? Ooh, get out of here! <laughs> That's why we get along. She doesn't tell much, many jokes, and I do. But life's been good. Life's been very good. Tell
0: me about the future. You know, the future, we're here for a while, and then we, you know, we do what we can do, and, and of course, we move on. And do you think that the community, the church, you think it's in good hands? Where do you think it'll go over the next, say, the next thirty years?
1: I would say this, in 30 years, the church may be a little smaller, but it will be more faithful. Today, you can come, you can go. In my day, as a youth, there wasn't much going on on Sunday. It was either you went to church, and you went to the relative's house for dinner. Today, the ball games going on, the parade's downtown. they're running racers in in the city, they got art shows going on, they got, uh, they're selling uh, food at the produce market. There's a hundred things out there that we never had. So it challenges young people coming up, what's the highest priority? I think the church will be getting smaller. A lot more selective and a lot more devout. You can check me when I get to heaven whether it's so or not. I'll leave it up to you. Always with a sense of respect for other people.
0: Now if you could speak to America for like two minutes, what advice would you give to people in general about how they should look at life? What would be your advice?
1: I think I would say There's, life is like the vows, rich and poor, good and bad, for better, for worse, till death do us part. There's going to always be a little of everything, but somehow the ship does right itself. Uh, I would say carry that sense of humor. And if I wasn't a minister, I'd still be a member of the church because it meets my needs and I have a lot of needs it meets my needs. Also it's helping other people. I would say today I would get a, I would go a little further with my education because education today carries an awful lot of weight. You can't stay at a plateau I would have continued my education a little more. I'm a still a great reader of the papers. Uh, I read them front to back, especially the funnies. The comics has more about life next to the Bible because it's down to earth. Bible's Bible is very down to earth. But what I read, I appreciate. And what I, I don't know, of which there's a lot of things, I have to wait till I get there. Why did you do this? I'm not going to tell you. Anyway, that's where we are.
0: (laughs) You don't meet men like Elber often anymore. He was a man of faith and a man of hard work and humor. His was the generation that got things done. They didn't run away from hard work, and if they found themselves in the middle of something they didn't understand, they just figured it out. He didn't whine or fuss about his life. He just made it into what it needed to be and in the process, helped a lot of other people. I hope someone will be able to say that about me after I've passed on. I know I could make some changes in that regard now, and I think that as long as we're all still breathing, it's not too late to make changes for the better. Some people say that if you get too old, change is impossible, but I think as long as we're still living, thinking beings... Why should we not improve ourselves, whether through education, finding a way to serve others, or through self-improvement? You know, that age-old tradition of turning bad habits into good ones. I don't know about you, but I can always do better. And that's part of my story. Thank you for hanging out with me on Everyday America, where we give random Americans the opportunity to share their stories with you. And remember, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. So share your stories and write them down for your friends and family and for posterity. And make your story real. If you or someone you know is willing to share their story with us, send a note to Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us why and give us a way to reach you. And finally, if you'd like to support us, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com everydayamerica. I'd love to have you become part of the show. See you next time.